This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Yesterday, I talked to my good friend and brother, Sean Gallagher, who brags about the fact that he's kicked 150 people out of his mastermind. Good morning, Top Tribe. You are going to love my guest today, straight out of DC Tech. His name is V Band. He's the founder of Contactually. He's extremely passionate about growing the DC startup community, and he's founded many, many companies, including organizations like Proudly Made in DC and the DC Tech Meetups. V, are you ready to take us to the top? I am ready, Nathan. Let's do this. I am stoked to be here. I first met you when I was jamming sushi down my throat at the Revolution offices. Alan came in, you walked in, and our good friend Alan from Track Maven introduced us. And uh, I think Trevor is your co-founder, right? Or one of them? Uh, Tony is my co-founder. You had a chance to meet him, right? Yes, I did. And uh, it sounds like you guys are up. You're having a lot of fun. Tell me what Contactually does, and uh, let's start there. Absolutely. So Contactually is a CRM for professional services. What we provide is we provide a platform for helping you turn your relationships into results. We help you make sure that you're staying engaged with the right people that will lead your business to clear growth long term clear growth long-term. And, you know, this is such an interesting space. We've had a lot of software as a service entrepreneurs on. You know, I mentioned some of them to use V when we first started talking, but people like Heat and Shaw that have come on, people in the DC tech world like Paul Singh came on in episode number 55. Walk me through. So yeah, first off, give me some background. How many employees are you funded? Give me some of those numbers. Yeah, absolutely. So we're venture backed. We've raised around $4 million in venture funding so far. We have 50 employees working for us in our beautiful office office in downtown DC. Five zero and, or one five? Uh, five zero. Okay. Uh, 50, comp- you know, 50 employees working for us. Um, Revenue is growing at a significant rate, uh, revenue in the millions, but uh, we're still absolutely focused on growth, hence being venture backed. There you go. And walk me through that four million. Was that any of that seed or was it all a, a convertible note equity? I yeah, mean- absolutely. So is uh, so we did a con- we did convertible debt very in, uh, very early on. So we were backed by 500 startups as well as a number of really great angel investors. We did how big was a- that round? Uh, we did 500k. Okay. Then we did a million in our seed round. Um, that was our the, our first kind of early seed round um, back in early 2013. Convertible and, note or equity? Uh, that was equity. Okay. Uh, then we did uh, 2.75 million in convertible debt. That was in 2014 and the early part of this year. Um, that was number of really great angel investors, the SaaS syndicate, as well as all previous investors. That's great. Well, hey, congratulations. That's exciting. Walk me through. I'm on your I'm on your website right now on the pricing page. I see basic professional enterprise: thirty bucks, fifty bucks, and a hundred bucks per month. Which one of these are people really using the most? 
So most customers, when they come on board, they're paying at, for $60 per seat per month. And we've actually been able to significantly increase our price uh, year over year. So initially, when someone signed up, maybe back in 2013, they'd be paying $15 a seat. We've been able to ramp that up to $60 a seat, primarily because our pro- uh, product has proven so valuable. Well, and usually when you hear uh, Top Tribe, what Zvi is talking about, it really increases in ARPU, average revenue per user. And typically, you know, HubSpot does this really well. There are metrics like number of contacts or things like that that drive people to hire ARPUs. Zvi, do you guys have a particular uh, metric that is driving people, a usage-based metric that's driving people from a lower ARPU plan to a higher one? No, so we don't uh, we don't we don't separate the feature the features or functionality based or the prices based on usage. Uh, instead, we actually separate it by features. So if you just want basic basic follow up system, basic CRM platform, you can sign up for our basic plan. But really, if you're going to be any type of power user, and really what we say is like get real revenue and are really focused on growing your business. You have to you have to upgrade to that uh, to that previous plan. So most of our customers come in there. Got it. And you just told me that the average people are paying you are sixty bucks per month per seat. None of your plans are sixty, so that must be an average. Yes, absolutely. Got it. Okay. And how many customers do you currently serve? So we currently have twelve thousand seats on the platform, uh, which is around fifty eight hundred customers. Wow. So you're averaging a little bit about two seats per plan, basically. Uh, yeah, so we have around one. So we have two businesses. So around sixteen percent of our business is actually we sell to enterprise customers. Those are more in the five hundred to two thousand seat range, um, and then we sell to lots of small businesses. Um, and so small businesses, obviously, you know, you have a lot of people buying it for themselves. They may be part of a bigger company, but they're still buying. People are buying seats individually, um, and then we obviously have a number of small teams, you know, in the like the two to thirty seat range. Okay, very interesting. So, so, and do you have kind of separate business functions for both of those different sales team, different onboarding process, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the magic is it's still the exact same product at the end of the day. But in terms of, you know, in terms of the onboarding process, yes, we have a customer success team that's focused on individual customers and small teams. But for enterprise, we have more traditional account management. Got it. Uh, support teams the same. Sales can be slightly different. But the magic for us, and I think, you know, the, the big opportunity that we've been able to unlock is we haven't had a focused enterprise approach, you know, uh, traditionally in terms of cold outbound and cold sales. That's something that we've actually only turned on recently. Most of our enterprise traction, our enterprise growth, has actually come from getting individual users who are part of larger organizations, and they sell us into that organization. Are these like real estate folks that then sell to the other agents at the firm? Exactly. It can we can sell sell to an individual real estate agent? Then we can sell to maybe an office, then to a brokerage. Then all of a sudden, we're turning around. We're able to go to the decision maker, and we're able to say, "Hey, we have." 15% of your user base already paying for themselves individually. Here are the results. And rather than pitching the ROI, ROI case to the decision maker, instead, they're hearing from their users, hey, you have to roll out contaction to everyone here. 
Great. So again, 60 bucks per seat per month on average. You know, Zvi, one of the things, obviously, this space that you're in, I, I believe you'd agree with me, is extremely fragmented. Like, there's really shitty stuff out there. There's really great stuff, like, can actually. Then there's, like, pure enterprise plays, you know, the big, big, you know, Salesforce, for example. Um, walk us through, you know, one of the numbers I always like to ask is uh, retention or the inverse of retention, which is churn. So what does that look like on a, on a platform like Kintaxually? And then I want to talk about how you're using the bucket game to increase lifetime value. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you can imagine, and this is probably something you're standard you're going to see, um, enter, you know, individual enterprise customers, you see negative churn, right? So we have around negative 3% month over month revenue churn from enterprise customers. They keep adding more and more seats. And that's one of the beauties of enterprise customers. For Zvi, let me real quick just break that down because it hasn't come up on the show yet. Guys, what Zvi just mentioned is like the holy grail. Negative churn basically means if you have 10 customers in a given month, not only do you keep those 10 customers and add more customers, those same 10 customers are also paying you. They're, they're adding add-ons. They're buying the fries with the burger. They're paying you more. So negative churn is like definitely a holy grail. Via awesome, awesome stuff there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's what you really want to be aiming for. And that's, you know, that's what we see. You know, we have, for example, one of our customers, they, we start off again, starting off selling to in, selling them as individual customers. Then they signed a annual 350 seat license. Then all of a sudden their team was expanding, their company was expanding. They turned around and said, Hey, we need 500 seats now. And we're like, okay, fine. Absolutely happy to service it, adjust the contract, et cetera. Then they turn around and say, Hey, we're actually going, going to grow to 700 seats by the end of the year. And so, again, it didn't require any new sales or any real negotiation. They knew what they wanted, and they just kind of came right back to us. So 500 and, seats times 60 per seat per month times 12, That what does that come out to? That's like a $360,000 annual contract? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, so our that pricing, the $60 per seat per month, that's for individual users. One of the things you obviously have to be comfortable with is as you start bringing on bigger and bigger customers, um, no one goes by the pricing that's, you know, that's on a website, right? You know, maybe the pricing on a website is to set, is to kind of set the initial negotiation point. But for us, I mean, what we've seen is the magic number is actually charging more on the order of $25 per seat per month for a large annual contract. Okay. So, I mean, is it fair to say one of your biggest contract, if not your biggest, has probably been somewhere around 150 grand? Yeah, that'd be something. Fair yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, the, the ZV, this is a great example so far about how you same product, but you're just really smart about pricing and value-based, you know, seat metrics to really drive annual contract values through the roof. So, walk me through churn on the small business folks. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So return. So as you can imagine, I mean, this is probably something you're going to see that the net MRR churn, you know, or gross MRR churn for especially individual users is really high, right? I mean, when you think about the number of services that you started using and then have canceled, right? A lot of times, you know, you're canceling just because you're just not using it flat out. It's not that anything wrong with the product. So, you know, the standard churn rate um, for individual user products is usually six to seven percent per month. Um, ours is ours is around half of that. Um, but what we see so call is it, that call it maybe four percent gross MRR churn per yeah, month. 
Yeah, I mean that that ends up being kind of when you average averaged out. And Zvi, but, let me sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but let me just yeah, real quick, guys. Um, we haven't seen yes a guest yet talk about churn in terms of MRR. They've usually talked about churn in time in terms of number of customers because it's easier to think about. But MRR churn is actually very valuable. All it means is, and usually we say if you have a hundred people month one, how many do you have month two? All this means is, is it normalizes for ARPU because sometimes some customers pay more than others. So MRR churn is better to measure. And what Zvi is saying is if they're doing 100 grand this month on their small business cohort with a 4% gross MRR churn, they'll lose four grand in monthly recurring revenue or do 96 grand the next month. Is, v, is that accurate? Yeah, and to add on to that, so when you look at net MRR churn, which is actually one of the more important things that you want to think about, um, net MRR churn actually factors in um, upsells and seat changes. So, for example, you know, if we have, it'll say I have two customers, and then two individual customers say, "Hey, actually, let's like let's join an account and pay together," which we actually see a lot. Um, you know, then that must piss you off. It's well, it's something. Well, we don't <laughs> for that reason, we can't look accurately at gross MRR churn, right? And so, because gross MRR churn is 50% because we lost half our customer base, but net MRR churn was actually zero because while we lost, you know, we lost $60 a month from one customer, we gained $60 a month from another. So that's why we recommend that most businesses actually look at net MRR churn because you also have people adding on seats, um, you know, adding on more accounts, et cetera. And that for us gives us a really good idea at overall health of the business. Okay. But when you strip out, you know, new customers you're adding or ARPU increases, your gross MRR turn is about 4%. Exactly. Yeah. And then once you, and the, but then once you get a team, once you get like two seats or three seats or four seats, then all of a sudden, then, you know, gross churn drops down to around 1% per month. Um, and net churn drops down to negative. Got because it. you're able to, because all of a sudden, once you have, you know, you can imagine, you know, that Nathan, if you were using a product by yourself, it may not stick with you that well. But once you have, let's say, one other person in your office, and for us, for example, you're sharing your contacts, and this becomes a critical database, and you know your pipeline's in there, and this is the central business tool that you use, all of a sudden, this becomes just a communication platform, and you absolutely have to have that. And so that's why we focus on how do you upsell, and how do you bring you know, even a team of like three seats on board. Got it. So smart. Well, I'm going to focus just to make the math easy. I'm going to focus on worst case V, even though you guys are doing way better than this. Worst case, though, for at 4% churn, that means the average small business is staying with you for about 25 months or one divided by 0.04. You articulated that your ARPU is about 60 bucks. So the 60 bucks times 25 months, is it fair to say lifetime value is about 1500 bucks on average? Back of napkin that puts it that puts it right for an individual customer. Yep, yep, yep. Very cool. So, do you have a metric, or you know, when you're doing your paid marketing spend that you're not willing to pay, say X percent to acquire the customer relative to their lifetime value? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, the baseline CAC to LTV ratio that you want to see is usually around three to one. Yeah. Uh, for us, we actually focus much more on like setting six to one as our as our limit right now. Um, so that's why when we look at the different channels, you know, if we see, hey, this channel is doing well, but it's costing us, you know, $400, $400 to acquire a paid customer, you know, that's not necessarily like the best channel that we want to be investing in right now. So top drive. Yeah, just to pull that out, when Zvi says CAC to LTV ratio, that stands for customer acquisition cost to lifetime value ratio. So when he says that 
contactually is optimizing for a six to one ratio. What it means is that for a customer that's worth fifteen hundred bucks, they're only worth they're only willing to pay two hundred and fifty bucks to acquire that customer. You got it. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Okay, Top Tribe, I want to give you more brain juice this month, totally free. If you're loving this episode, text the word Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, to 33444 for your chance to win a prize on an upcoming show. The next prize is a pack of 14 business books valued at 250 bucks if you bought them on Amazon. And these books are the ones that Mark Zuckerberg thinks every entrepreneur must read. This has been great, Zvi. You've gotten into the numbers. You've done a really great job, I think, articulating. The Top Tribe is learning a ton, and SaaS entrepreneurs are like wetting themselves right now, so it's great. Uh, walk me walk me through, where. what's the number one channel that you guys are using right now to drive new customer growth? Content marketing. So we produce a, an amazing amount of high-quality content marketing. So these are white papers. Um, we do co-marketed webinars. We produce eBooks. We have blog posts. We're Podcasts that are at the top of iTunes, you know. Exactly. That drives, <laughs> well, we're, we're getting, we'll, we'll try and beat you. We're just launching a new podcast. So I'll bring it on baby. I'm, um, I'm competitive as hell. I'll make sure, I'll make sure I stay one above you guys just to drive you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, and so that drives really great top of funnel traffic. And from top of funnel traffic, we're then able to convert people to try to, uh, uh, to trialing the product. Great. And just out of curiosity, you went over customer numbers. How many total users do you have free and paid? Uh, free and paid around 100,000. 100,000. And give some people some context too. How old is the company? When, what year did you found it? Yeah, absolutely. So we're just about three and a half years old. Um, so we started working on the product in October, or sorry, in uh, in July of 2011. Uh, raised our first round of funding October 2011 and officially launched in February of 2012. Profitable? Uh, no. Still uh, investing. Yes, absolutely. Love it, love it, love it, love it. All right, Zvi, it is time for my favorite part of the show. Do you know what's up? Uh, what's the, the, the rapid fire? Dude, you're, hey, that's a good guess, Zvi. It's time for the famous five. Are you ready? Let's do All it. All right, number one, brother. What is your favorite business book? Uh, so I think there are two right now. Can I do two? Mm -hmm. um, one is uh, Crossing the Chasm uh, by Jeffrey Moore. Every entrepreneur selling SaaS needs to be learned how to focus. So that's important. And then obviously hard things about hard things. Um, that's an incredibly important book. I think every entrepreneur needs to honestly have on their nightstand and read, and read once in a while just to know, hey, this stuff is hard and you're not the only person going through this. I love the uh, Ben Horowitz's in that book. One of his, his chapter titles is something along the lines of if you're, if you're going to eat shit, don't nibble. Exactly. It's like, it's like my favorite part of that whole book. Guys, we'll link to those books and all the numbers we've talked about so far in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top six eight. That's where you can get all these links. Okay, Zvi, number two, which CEO are you following or studying right now? Uh, I think Jack Dorsey's really interesting, primarily because he, you know, with you know, in terms of being a prominent repeat entrepreneur who has built two very, very different businesses, it's always interesting to kind of see like what are the changes they've made in their business and how, more importantly, how they run their business. Right as, C as CEO, I think about well, how do I run my business? How do I inter interface with people? And Square and Twitter are very different companies, and it's really interesting to see like the differences and how they actually tied together. Obviously, Dick became CEO of Twitter. You know, Dorsey does, goes off and does Square. Do you think he, Jack, secretly the whole time really just wanted to be back in that CEO role at Twitter? 
I think there's a very good chance of that. Yeah, I, I, I believe so, too. We'll see. Anyways, number three, what is your favorite online tool? Like, can't say contextually, but something, you know, like Evernote. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually use Evernote and Asana pretty heavily. Um, okay. So Evernote is like my go-to. I have all these different applications connected to Asana. So Asana is now, it's replaced pen and paper for me as the, this is everything I should be doing at one point in time. Hmm. Love that. Now, Zvi, give me some more context. Married, single, do you have kids? Uh, married, and I have a really obnoxious dog, which I think is very <laughs> Counts close as a to kid. having a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, the dog is about to have a kid? Jesus, uh, no, Jesus, no, it, it, it count it counts as a kid. <laughs> got it. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Okay, very cool. Well, let me let me. I'm curious. You're building an empire, highly successful SaaS company. Yes or no? Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Uh yes, actually, I do nowadays. I love that. Love that. Okay, number five. How old are you right now? I am 31. Okay, take me back 11 years. If you wish your 20 year old self knew one thing, V, what would it be? Uh, I'd probably say focus is the most important thing. I uh, I have a habit, and even sometimes in contaction nowadays, there's there are always so many shiny objects or people to meet or ideas you have. Um, the biggest key thing that I focus on nowadays is actually focus itself, right? How you take everyone's interests and say, these are the top three things we're going to do, right? It took a lot of work for me even to start contactually because I was doing so many different things at once that I had to say, hey, well, I need to focus on just contactually. I love that. What's your guilty pleasure that still gets you every time? Uh, honestly, I, I'm still like, I'm still a avid addict of Instagram. Like <laughs> I spend way too much time on Instagram nowadays. It, it's not even funny. There you go. There you go. Okay. Well, very cool. Now, Zvi, people are going to want to follow your journey online as again, you're building contextually. Where can they connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Instagram, so, right? <laughs> two plus, you can connect to my Instagram if you want. Um, I'm at Skivis on Twitter, S-K-E-E-V-I-S. I'm always happy to chat and communicate there. Um, I also have a blog, zvband.com, um, that I keep pretty well active. And then uh, I'm also an active uh, responder to questions on Quora. So you can ask me any questions on there as well. Well, guys, I'm telling you what, what an episode. Talk about numbers. From launching three years ago to raising $4 million in funding, now well over 5,800 customers, 12,000 seats, doing a ton of great stuff. Zvi, thank you for taking us to the top. Nathan, really appreciate your time. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. Coming up tomorrow, you guys are going to hear from Hollis Carter, who walks through and breaks down how to charge 110 people $3,000 for a three-day mastermind. 